The Free to Be Show is sponsored by Replenish Me Membership. Show up powerfully. This hybrid online community offers monthly webinars, meetups, and coaching sessions so that you have access to Replenish online. Whether you are seeking something as an individual to relieve your stress or as an organization, a way to resolve team issues and recharge your staff, Replenish Me membership offers it all. Empower yourself today. To find out more about Replenish Me membership, go to bit.ly Replenish Me membership. And now for the free to be show. Good evening and welcome to the free to be show. Today I'm really excited to share with you um, someone who has a very interesting take on masculinity and he's going to share um, through his story. But let me tell you a little bit about him. I'm probably going to destroy his last, last name, so enjoy this. For over 20 years, Jeff Kozatak, is that correct? That's it. Yes. Worked. <laughs> I didn't destroy it. Yay. Thank Worked you. in the entertainment industry and he produced award-winning films and national touring shows and owned a complete event management company, acted in film and television and performed in more than 4,000 shows across the country. Today, Jeff is CEO of Core Authenticity. He helps people to get clear on what they want what gets in the way and where they want to go, how to get there and how to use the super power of no. See, this is why he's awesome because no is a complete sentence. And so, yes. <laughs> so without any further ado, let's, let's talk to you, Jeff. Hey. Hey, <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. I know from our initial conversation, you know, you have a really interesting story um, surrounding masculinity. So just, you know, let's dive in with that and tell us how you wanted to free yourself from that story or tell us the story first. So you want to start with the light stuff and then dive into the deeper stuff later? That's right. Yeah, we'll that do it like that. good. <laughs> we'll make it light. on. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so growing up, I thought that masculinity equaled behavior. And so all of the examples of what it meant uh, to me to be a strong man uh, meant you didn't listen, you just led, or you told people what to do. Uh, you, you did all of this stuff, so it was very action-oriented. Uh, you were detached from your emotions and uh, listening wasn't high up. And you weren't really in touch with uh, art, <laughs> and art and beauty, right? It was just, it was just strength, and yeah. we're just gonna push, push through. And um, uh, for me, that was kind of an issue because, uh, as a kid, I really liked, I really liked sunsets. <laughs> I, I liked art, like I liked creating stuff, and I was aware of uh, feelings in me and and feelings in other people. Um, I liked to listen. I liked to ask. Uh, I didn't feel like I had to be out front leading all the time. I was totally comfortable following and, and asking questions. And uh, 
that seemed to be totally opposite all of the examples that I saw. So I thought, uh, I interpreted that as the expectations for being a man was this, and I was totally failing. Uh, so I tried to change what I was doing, change my behavior so that I met the, the, the definition of, of masculinity out here. Mm. And so that uh, <laughs> I also thought that my value was tied to that, mm. which was which was kind of a <laughs> a dangerous marriage, yeah. you know, because I felt like inside I wasn't enough. I wasn't fully a man. So I had to do something out here uh, to to elevate the game. And so that drove me to uh, becoming a massive workaholic and putting on this performance out here to earn acceptance and love from other people because I didn't, I struggled with accepting uh, myself. And so I put on a lot of masks to earn that. And that was, uh, that was the opposite of freedom. <laughs> and, and that seriously got in the way of, of relationships and in the way of uh, just being present in the moment and experiencing peace and, and joy. It kind of leveled off the highs and lows and it was just kind of a monotonous line. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, at the core of what you're saying, you just struggled with self-acceptance and worthiness issues, but you know, on a deeper level. Well, you could say that, but that only <laughs> takes like five seconds. We needed to feel like 10 minutes. No, I mean, I heard so much more than that. I mean, of course, you know, like at a deeper level, um, you were trying to um, match the energy of what your family was portraying to you as who you're supposed to be. And did it ever occur to you to question that, though? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't really my family. It was okay. more the environment. Uh, okay. You know, it was what I saw at school. It's mm. what I saw on TV. It's what I saw on, on, in films. Uh, it's what I saw on the news. And so my, my father was, was a little different. He's, he was more, uh, uh, he was not as uh, assertive as the examples I saw out here. Okay. Um, you know, but then it, <laughs> I was like, well, wait a minute. Like I see you living this way and, and, and I, I kind of lean more towards this side, but everything else says to go do this. Yeah. And so uh, questioning was not an option for me because they weren't, those examples weren't close to talk to. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I was questioning my own masculinity uh, to even bring that out, bring that up felt like a, a violation of, Maybe it's not a violation, maybe violation isn't the right word, but it just, like, you just don't do that. It seems like not socially acceptable. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. But That's you could it. have asked your dad, it looks like, because he seemed to be like the same kind of energy like you. Uh, y yes and, and no, my, my dad was, was similar in that he was not as, as assertive as all the stuff I saw here. Uh, but he was not in, uh, I was more aware of my feelings than my father is or was. And so, you know, I, I could talk with my mom more than I could talk with my dad. Mm -hmm. 
So having those conversations required something else that I just didn't have at the time. So that was, that, that kept me bound for a while. But, but then I also got this message that said, you know, find something you love to do and make that your job. So they were supportive of that. And okay. I pursued a career in, in the arts, which fit. Right. Uh, but when you couple that with the other message of you are what you do, mm, <laughs> you know, your value yeah. comes from, from what you're, what you're doing out there, uh, that, that led to the uh, exhaustion and the fatigue and the burnout and not taking time off and, and never slowing down to actually be present in the moment, always thinking about the next thing and having to say yes all the time. Uh, but the way, the way out of that was when I met up with a, with a life coach back in, I think it was 2012 and he challenged my, my perceptions and he helped shift my perspective and understand that, that I had value internally <laughs> that was not tied to my circumstance, my behavior, my relationships or my stuff. And that was the, the pivotal moment for me that ultimately led to freedom from this idea that, that masculinity had to be this, this, this domineering uh, my way or the highway attitude. Um, not, I, I don't want to get us too off, off track, yeah. but then when I saw other examples, like, uh, like Everybody Loves Raymond TV show, mm -hmm. um, Ray Romano, yeah. portrays this guy that's just just goofy and and he doesn't have all the answers he doesn't know anything and uh and he needs to be constantly rescued and saved and i thought well that doesn't seem right either but that seems like the pendulum swinging way back over here yeah. and there's there's got to be something in the middle because this is not this is not the picture and this is definitely not the picture, the picture either yeah. And when I started to find my value inside, that's when things shifted for me. I'm like, oh wait, this is this seems more of the the middle ground. But we can talk about that later. Well, you know, you make me think of something though. So, like, what made you? You you brought up the fact that you hired a life coach back in 2012. Why? Like, what what was going on for you that you decided to do that? Uh, focus. <laughs> oh, okay, so you just had problems with focus. So it wasn't about your masculinity. No, I, I, I think the masculinity piece was, was kind of tied in there a little bit because the masculinity for me was e equaled behavior, mm -hmm. right? right? And so being masculine, you go out there and you do, and you do, 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 do. And, and for me, it was the culmination of those two messages I picked up as a kid. Find something you love to do and make that your job. I love art and people. So uh, that's, a, that's a big filter. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so in 2012, I had a photography company. I had a video production company. I was doing live performances. I was married and had kids and there's only so much time in the day. Yeah. And so I was maxed out and I couldn't say no, mm. because if I said no to something, then I was giving up value. Mm. I was giving up an opportunity to, to show myself as significant and worth people's time and as a man. So I had to say yes to everything. And people said, focus. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Mm. And when I met up with, uh, with my coach, with Jeff, uh, helping me to stand on the foundation that says, I have intrinsic value 
separate from all of this stuff. Let's look at what I value personally, professionally, and relationally. Let's take a look at what my personal vision and mission statements are. Then I had a whole new filter. I'm like, oh, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. You have to, yeah. Right? And, it, and it's, I started to understand that uh, your behavior comes from you, but does not define you. Right. And, and that fundamental shift helped me take another look at masculinity and think, wait a minute, well, maybe masculinity is not just behavior. <laughs> maybe it's something so much deeper. So like, yeah. we'll, we're going to dive into that more in just a minute. And um, we'll, we'll come back and pick up with this. Yay. <laughs> I've seen that book before. I know. Some guy named Jeff wrote it. <laughs> some guy. He's got a crazy last name, though. I what know. the what? Replenish me. When I say that, what comes up for you? And when's the last time that you've done that? And where do you feel that in your body? Well, this is my invitation to you to explore the four steps of my Replenish Me program where women learn how to release, restructure, refresh, and rebirth. Showing up in the world being true to yourself. Only choosing words that honor your values and only allowing behaviors and people in your life who do the same. Connect with me by reaching out at bit.ly forward slash replenish with love and explore replenish me. And now for tonight's show. All right. So now, um, I want to just share with you this great tool that this crazy dude named Jeff wrote <laughs> that has like 52, <laughs> you have the same book. How cool is that? What? <laughs> 52 practical habits. And the great thing about there being 52 habits is there's like 52 weeks in a year. What? <laughs> That's crazy. I know. Right. So, wow. you know, you can figure out that you are enough, yeah. even as a man. Um, so what's the best way to use this tool? Just let's, you know, let's talk about that. Okay, can I give you a little bit of backstory first? Yeah, let's start at the beginning. <laughs> let's start at the beginning. <laughs> so in the beginning, there, there was light. <laughs> so when, prior to meeting with my coach, I didn't think I was of any value and that I had to go attain it out here. So at that time, I didn't think I was worth investing in. Mm. So I did not read a lot of books. I, I did not ask a lot of questions for personal growth. I was very committed to doing to earn value. After I met with my coach and understand that, no, 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 I have intrinsic value that is inside that never changes, ever. <laughs> like, like ever. never changes. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? I think like, I hear you. <laughs> like on a scale of zero to 10, it is 10 all the time. Uh, no matter what I feel, if my perception is down here, that's one thing, but, my, but the reality is my value is still up here. So when I started to stand on that, I thought, hey, maybe I'm worth investing in. <laughs> maybe I'm worth taking care of. Maybe I'm worth um, learning new stuff. So I started reading all of these amazing books from these phenomenal authors. Um, you know, Amy Cuddy's got a great book on presence, uh, Carol DeWick's Mindset, 
uh, Seth Godin, uh, you know, Simon Sinek, like all there's and Angela Duxworth, like there's some really phenomenal books out there. Um, and then I started to realize that most of those books are like, like really thick, right? They're like 200, 300 pages. And I thought, man, when my, when my perception of my value is down, I need something to jump it back up to, to reality, to get me back on track, to, to give me that, that quick mindset shift uh, so that I believe the truth and not believe uh, the lie and the perception. And so I thought, well, let's take 52 habits and break them down and put them in a book and make them super easy uh, to access. So it's literally like one habit per page. You know, it's the, it's the habit, it's a quick, you know, highlight sentence, the description and a little takeaway at the bottom. This way you can be out there um, doing whatever it is you do. And then if you're, if you're taking a hit emotionally, you can pull the book out like a field guide, open up anywhere, cause it's not linear. You can come in at any page and be like, all right, that's me. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can pick up this habit right now. I forgot about this habit. Or, oh, this is a habit I hadn't thought about before. Or, oh, right, this is why this habit is so important. And then you can get back on track. That's why I wrote the book. I love that. That's really amazing. Um, and, I, and actually, I've benefited from that. Because I think the yes. day that I received it, <laughs> yeah, yes. look at that. I'm, I actually read it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the um the day that i received it um yes this is the page i opened to okay, oops ah. uh, yeah there you go be kind to yourself yeah yeah <laughs> how did how did that hit you that is exactly what i needed in that moment um because i was doing the typical Mm, I'm trying to put it politely, <laughs> you know, like the long list of what I'm not mm -hmm. and what I'm not good at. Right. Yeah. Just totally chipping away at my own self-esteem basically. And so I just read that. I just read the top line and I was like, Oh, so how does that work exactly? Look, and my, <laughs> <laughs> my whole thing is like about sweet talk. So that was like, Oh, be kind to yourself. I know what that is. What is that, by the way? Oh, nobody's perfect. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, everyone <laughs> makes mistakes. Really? Okay. Oh, you know, it was just like, so the takeaway was after making a mistake, give yourself mercy and the opportunity to grow, you know? And, um, you know, it's like you said, exactly when you're out in the trenches, you know, and you're doing the thing, um, this will just pull you right back. And yeah. um, it was, it was perfect. So, so you might pick up the book or somebody else might <laughs> pick up the book and they might think, Jeff, this is, this is nothing new. Uh, everybody needs somebody fellowship. You need a team. Well, that's, that's not earth shattering. And you would be right. <laughs> It's, it's, it doesn't have to be earth shattering a brand new concept to have a massive impact on you. Yeah. Like I, I, I keep running into people that, that look at their foundation and like, okay, I took care of my foundation, check. 
and then they move on to something else. I'm like, yeah. no, that requires uh, maintenance. <laughs> like, you have to keep nurturing the foundation so you can keep doing everything else. And so a, a lot of what's in this book, you could say is common sense, but we often lose sight of that uh, because we get distracted with all these other things going on with our lives, the, the, the information bombardment, the, the responsibilities, and then we, and we forget about the basics that are necessary to take care of, of the foundation so that we can then go out and do all that other stuff. Yeah. And, so. and that's, you know, this is to your point, this is why it's a blueprint, right? Um, yes. <laughs> it's not just a catchy name. No, it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, just something to, to build upon and something to reinforce, right? Yeah. Um, any, any time you're, you're, that's what we're doing every single moment is we're building our life. So right. we need, we need something to base it on. This is why my favorite habit in here is habit 52 at mm. the end. Hashtag wash your brain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Zig Ziglar used to talk about you wash your hands. He's like, mm -hmm. you got to wash your hands. Do you need to wash them again? The answer is yes. Yes. Why? Because your hands got dirty. Dirty, right? <laughs> so same thing with your teeth. We brush our teeth in the morning. Do we need to brush them again? Yes. Because yes, we I eat. They got dirty. Right. Because we eat stuff. The same thing with our brains, right? We, we can take these moments where we step back. We listen to your show. We read some amazing book. Uh, we watch some amazing movie. We talk to somebody that's, that's very inspirational and they remind us uh, of the truth, right? That we are enough, that we are a 10, no matter what happens out here. And so we're like washing our brain in that moment, but then we go back out and then we get all these messages that say, you are not enough unless you live over here or have this stuff or look this way or don't look that way, or you're a guy or you're a girl, you know, all, all of these things. And then we start telling ourselves it too. We're like, ah, I made that mistake. Did you see that mistake? That mistake was terrible. I mean, look at that mistake. Let me just beat myself up over that mistake like 70 more times. Or just all day long until or you so, pick up yeah. a book and get reminded to be kind to yourself. Right, right. <laughs> and so we have to hashtag wash our brain and remind ourselves of, of the truth. And my hope is that these 52 habits can help people uh, do that yeah. when I'm not around. <laughs> when you're not around, but you'll always be there for all of us. <laughs> In spirit. In spirit. <laughs> and so like taking us back to how this relates to being a man, um, yeah. like when you're washing your brain of all that other stuff, you, you don't really go back to all that toxic thinking where you have to be that guy that does all the things do you no nope <laughs> that's the answer there i as as a kid i thought i was defective because i did not uh, show all of those things that i saw out uh, outside modeled for me for masculinity uh now i recognize that that listening and and asking questions and and appreciating art and being aware of my feelings and, and your feelings, that's actually a gift. <laughs> like, you know, I don't think that was, uh, I don't think that's a defect. I think that's just, just how I was put together. And so to embrace that and embrace my masculinity and say, here, here's, another, here's another piece of this. Uh, I, I heard a definition of masculinity a few years ago that said, um, 
masculinity uh, is to engage uh, with strength and love, offering life and growth to your domain. And, mm. and I totally buy into that description. It is not a heavy handed over the top. It's not domineering, uh, but it's not passive either. Like it's, it's, in, it's engaging. And the whole point is to bring strength and love to a situation or to a person uh, to offer life and growth. And if it's not doing that, then we're stepping outside or we're perverting what, what masculinity is. And so that's, for me, standing on my value allows me to not buy into all of these other messages that say, I should be that, or I'm supposed to be this. And, and to take on all these expectations that other people are put on, putting on me. I can say, no, 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 no. <laughs> I know who I am. And I know what I bring to the table. And this is uh, what masculinity means to engage with strength and love offering life and growth. So let's talk about that for a minute. It's interesting because um, <clears throat> I think the guest I'm having on um, the week after you mm -hmm. um, is also going to talk about the power of love as a man. Yeah. And so like, as in what you bring to the world, you know what I mean? Because I think in English, things get to be so linear and we have just love, right? But there are all these layers. And when I say love, and like, I think what this person means is it's the source really of love itself that okay. makes, you know, our world a better place. So for you, when you say strength and love, like what's, what it is, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, for me, that, that comes from my faith. So uh, I believe that, um, that every human being on the planet was created in God's image. Uh, fearfully and wonderfully made on purpose for a purpose. Uh, and so because of that, uh, <laughs> everybody, whether they, they know God or don't or hate him, <laughs> it doesn't change the way that I uh, treat and love on that person by showing kindness, being respectful, treating them with dignity. Even when their behavior is this, even when their perception is this, their value is still a 10 and they're still uh, a reflection uh, and an image bearer of God. And so I, for me, love is, is an action. So it, it requires intentionality. It leads to serving. It leads to generosity. It leads to advocacy. It leads to uh, <laughs> listening, <laughs> you know, and it leads to meeting people where they are, not where, I would like them to be mm. or where people say they should be. Wait, go back. Say that again. It's meeting people what? <laughs> it's meeting people where they are, not where I want them to be or where people expect them to be. Um, and, and then the same is true when you're dealing with, uh, uh, with an addiction or whether you're dealing with some kind of pain or depression. A lot of people like to put time frames on that. Say, well, you've been, you've been dealing with that for three months. It's time to move on now. Right. And, and everybody is working through their own stuff on their own time frame. So for me, love is, is meeting you where you are. And if you need five months, if you need a year, if you need a year and a half, like I can't speed that up for you, but I can engage you with strength and love right where you're at. I love that. That's great. You know, um, and it's, it's something that we need more of. And it's, it's funny because oftentimes women are thought of 
as the caregivers, the nurturers, but what you're really saying, right, is that, you know, men can, through their strength, you know, be like a support in that way, in a loving way to hold space uh, for the people in their world. Yeah, it's, it's a different side of the nurture piece. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you have to have both, right? You have to have the... I think so. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you talk about the, both and, and a balance. I feel like uh, a lot of the men that I was uh, around growing up looked at women and said they're just really emotional. They just, mm. They're just driven by their emotions all the time. And, and we live in a society that, say, that says men don't cry, men don't show emotions. Women, they show emotions all the time and they're driven by them. But we, we don't do that. <laughs> and, I just, and I'm sitting here. So like, if I were to talk to, to men right now, like, uh, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, to be driven by your emotions is not healthy. And to, be, to, to choose to remain unaware of your emotions is equally unhealthy. Yes. <laughs> like, like this is not the solution to this, and this is not the solution to this, right? Nope. There, you, you, you can stop and check it out. If you stand on your value of intrinsic worth, right? Like this, this, is, this is your foundation, right? Then you can look at the emotion or look at the feeling and say, hey, this doesn't define me. The feeling isn't right or wrong. It's not good or bad. It's just a feeling. Yeah. And if I stop and I take a look at it, I can use the feeling as a, as, a, as a marker, as a guidepost pointing me to a deeper need that is either being met or not. And so I can actually use my emotions to get a deeper understanding of who I am and how better to show up uh, in the world when I'm engaging with other people. We don't, have to, we don't have to throw them away and we don't have to put them in the driver's seat. So profound. There's this woman I know <laughs> that says that you can use your emotions to show up powerfully. <laughs> Who might that be? Hmm. You think her name is like Cordelia or something? <laughs> you should have her on your show. I should, yeah. <laughs> or better yet, she should have a show. <laughs> yeah, maybe she'll show us how to be free to be. <laughs> that sounds like a, gr I would love to be on that show. That would be amazing. She sounds like my people. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm Let's do, do that. It. <laughs> Schedule that. You're so much fun, Jeff. Thank you so much for being here. I, um, I just want to close out this piece by um, circling back to the listening because you keep bringing that up, right? Yeah. So the, the deep listening. So it's my understanding like there's three levels of listening. Ooh, let's talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about that. So where, <laughs> where? What are the three levels? Oh, what are the three levels? There's listening so that you can respond to what it is that, you know, you've already decided you're going to say, which is not listening, really. That's how most people listen. The second level is where you're reflective listening, right? So you, you listen and you basically just repeat back what the person says. And then the third le level of listening is where it's called deep listening, where it's more of you really receiving the complete energy and vibration of that person yeah. and intuitively um, responding in a way that serves them and pours back into them. I like that one. <laughs> I'll take three, please. 
<laughs> it sounds like that's where, where you live. So is, is that what you teach in your coaching or, yes. or just practice in life or both? Uh, both. I try to make it uh, part, of the, part, of, part of the foundation and, and the fabric. So when I was, in, when I was acting, uh, I was taking an acting class out in, in Los Angeles, and they would talk about how, um, and even in New York, even if we just, we just talk about the entertainment industry as, as a whole, but the idea of, in film is to create um, a, a happy accident, right? Where, where you have this genuine interaction with people on screen that creates this moment of magic. And so the idea is to create a series of, of accidents so you have this genuine connection. So to peel the layer back, say, well, how do you do that as an actor with lines and with everything else? If an actor is listening to the other actor speak so that uh, they can then say their lines, which is option number one, right? Level one. <laughs> right. Then, then the scene falls flat. It's not sincere. It's not authentic. And the audience doesn't connect. But if you're listening to the other actors speak their lines and you're paying attention and then you go back to your script and then you deliver your lines, like then you're in the moment and you have that level three connection. And, and then you're creating those happy accidents of, of authenticity that really connect with the audience, that really drive home uh, the, the relationship between the, the people on stage. And oftentimes, you know, masculinity. I don't have to stop and ask for directions. I should know where to go. I don't have to <laughs> listen for that. Like I should have all the answers. Like you can be masculine and ask. Yeah. That that's that's engagement. Right? Yeah. And and you can listen without having to have an answer in mind already. You can ask and listen. I say ask to learn and listen to understand. Mm, yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't see how you, how you can offer life and growth uh, without that. Because yeah. then it's just about you and it's not about the, the community or the relationship. Right. And then you're not open to seeing what you can create together. Right? Yeah. Like, like on a fellowship, like <laughs> as part of a team, like... <laughs> Like, Wait, that's somewhere in here too. I know. 26. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk about that a bit. So there are the four E's, isn't it? We'll come yeah. back and we'll, we'll, we'll come back and, and uh, touch on the four E's. But um, so let me see if there's any more things that I want to add with that. Is there anything you want to add with what we just talked about? Uh, about listening? When I thought that masculinity was, was tied to behavior, I spent most of my life trying to be something that I, that I, that I wasn't naturally. Mm. And, and, I, and I put on all these masks and I thought that, that my desire for things a certain way, asking, listening, that, that it was a defect, so I kept them hidden. They mm. were there, but I didn't grow them, I didn't nurture them. It wasn't until I stood on that foundation of intrinsic value that my, my perspective on what masculinity started to shift. And at that point, looking at my skill set and starting to pour into those and now watching those grow um, changed, changed everything for me. So this, this, 
now I'm like, hey, this skill set of, of, of asking questions and listening served me really well as an actor, serves me really well as an entertainer on stage, listening and interacting with my audience. But this is what brought me into speaking on value and how that plays out in leadership and teamwork and communication and grit. This brought me into becoming a, a life and leadership coach. This is what brought me into listening and gathering information to put into, into the book. And so I think that if we can stop trying, uh, drop the shackles of, of uh, oppression and expectation and then live in the freedom of, of who we are and the skill sets that we have, uh, then we can, uh, we men can walk out that version of masculinity that says engage with strength and love and offer life and growth. Lovely. All right, we'll be right back. And we had a moment <laughs> when um, I apparently read something into or interpreted something in the book that wasn't there about um, the four E's. So share with us. <laughs> so, so my book is divided into four chapters, engage, equip, empower, and encourage. And so you've got 13 habits in, in each of those sections. You can, there's 13 habits to wait for you to engage yourself. There's 13 habits to equip yourself. There's 13 habits to empower yourself. And chakra, there's 13 habits to uh, encourage yourself. Empower. And the reason that I, I chose those four E's is because it's part of a, a larger keynote that I do on, on authentic leadership. And I talk about engage, equip, empower, and encourage, and how we need to do those in that order for the for the key for the keynote because if you if you just encourage somebody without first um, equipping them <laughs> with what they need yeah. uh, without first empowering them to give them a chance to to practice to make mistakes and then learn uh, without first engaging them to see what you need to equip them with yeah. before you give them a chance to practice then you end up with a lot of those first few episodes of America's Got Talent <laughs> and and so people may or may not be ready for this, or they, they, might, they might love to sing, but that might not be their career choice field, right? Yeah. They might like to do this, or that. it's like handing a chainsaw to a small child. <laughs> First, you need to engage and find out if the child, <laughs> like, oh, it's a kid, probably shouldn't hold on to the chainsaw. No, right? <clears throat> and so I wanted to take that to the next step and, uh, and divide the book into those four sections so it would be really easy. You know, like, hey, I'm in a spot where I need to, to elevate my growth. Uh, I turn to the, uh, to the equipping section, or I, I'm feeling 
really discouraged right now and, and alone. Well, I could turn to the encourage section or, you know, I'm, I'm down and I've been down for a while and I'm not really sure why I'm doing some things, but maybe I'll turn to the engage section and take a look under the hood. Or maybe, you know, yeah, I feel equipped. Or I feel, uh, I feel like I, I have a good self-awareness. Uh, you know, how do I, how do I start to walk that out to build momentum to move forward? I'll turn to the empower section. So I try to make it super easy and, and accessible that way. And, and through this, these are the principles also of your core authenticity, right? Yeah. Well, everything is about engage, then equip, then empower, and then encourage. I, I think we oftentimes, you know, you'll look at businesses and they'll bring people in, uh, but then they gloss over the training aspect. <laughs> they just expect that to happen through osmosis. I know I did. We hired people at our old entertainment company and we didn't train them. We just mm. expected them to learn from us through osmosis by being in the office with us. And wow. like our four years of experience would just somehow like, <laughs> like make it over there and it just didn't work. So we didn't, we didn't equip them and then we had issues and we, and a lot of people don't engage their people to say, okay, well, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses and how can we help you to be even better at your strengths and really harness those and how can we delegate out the weaknesses and, and how do we, how do we do that? Um, so, yeah, so that's that's a that's a huge part of everything not to mention the empower piece which we could talk all for day ages on. about yeah so yeah. well i appreciate you like sharing everything you did today what what would be like the golden nugget from what we talked about like truly through because we we really covered a lot of topics in a really fun way <laughs> in a really so, short amount of time in a really short amount of time so like the number one takeaway for how do men use value to redeem and reclaim their masculinity? We will never see value in somebody else beyond what we see in ourselves. Uh, and people, <laughs> if on that scale of zero to 10, if we see ourselves as a six, then that's how we act. Hmm. And that's how we treat other people. Wow. And if if we're not standing on our 10 if we if we don't understand where our value comes from then we start picking up all these masks and and people you know my angel people don't remember what you say or how you say it they remember how you make them feel yeah. that feeling comes from the state of your heart that that scales zero to ten and so if we're not uh as men standing as tens then we're operating on an eight or even a 9.99992. We're putting on a mask and that distorts and changes how we interact with other people. And it could come across toxic. It could come across as demeaning, as, as superior, as aggressive. And this is not good for anybody. At all. So, that whole, we're not going to see value in somebody else beyond what we see in ourselves. We are a 10 all the time. You have worth, no matter your circumstances, no matter your behavior, no matter what you, what you have, relational or, or material, like you, your value is not tied to that. When we stand on that, then you've got that freedom to engage. So powerful. Yes. From the core. 
like core authenticity dot com <laughs> right <laughs> yes Yes. <laughs> and, and I would, I would recommend that you go to coreauthenticity.com to connect with him because his, he does not respond his LinkedIn. Like I sent him a message and it took him three weeks. <laughs> you just outed me in your show. Oh, we're just, that's okay. <laughs> okay. I'm standing on my 10. I can take it. I can take it. See, my behavior so is not a reflection of who I am. It's just, it's a learned response. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, if you go to the website on October 1st, uh, we're releasing a new book called Bright Spots, and I've written an essay in that. It's an anthology book that's coming out. Um, and in that book, I talk about the pit, how we can come alongside people versus there's one response to come alongside somebody in pain versus the six responses that keep us up and away and, and safely distant from those that are suffering. Mm -hmm. And then later this year, we'll be publishing Blueprint value, blueprint for value number two. Awesome. This is about discovering and strengthening your personal worth. The second one will, will be about how we reveal and strengthen personal worth in others. So it'll be a, 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 re, a reworking of it, but how we do that with other people. And, um, and in the next month, we're revamping the entire website to, to really showcase the philanthropic arm of what I do over at Core Authenticity with every full paid keynote uh, people have the opportunity to sponsor at no additional charge a free juggling Jeff presentation for kids in their area, whether okay. elementary through college age. But the idea is to bring corporations and communities together, model lifelong learning with the keynote, and build up the community for the future. Because a lot of people don't have budgets to bring in programs. Now we can do that. It's another way for organizations to give back beyond writing a check or beyond giving material. Now we can also give back through relationship and, and inspiration. But that's all on the website. That's like a bonus because I, I didn't even add, I should add that to my application for people to be on the show. It's like, are you doing any philanthropic activities? Because like I, I give back from my organization too. So, yeah. wow, that's powerful. Well, it, it, so it started, it started as a way for me to earn value, mm. right? And mm -hmm. so it was a skill that I learned and picked up along the way. Now I am uh, reclaiming that and I'm redeeming it. And now I'm using it uh, from a perspective of freedom versus bondage, from mm. a want to and a desire versus a, a have to to survive. Yeah. It's really cool. It feels great. It feels so much better, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's the fresh, the, the air of the breath of fresh air. Look, you've got me all like choked up. I'm like, Oh, this is so great. I don't even know how to talk anymore. <laughs> We're in this together. Go team. <laughs> so thank you. thank you so much for being here, Jeff. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. And for those of you who are watching and listening, I know you've benefited. So guess what? Sharing is loving. So share with, your community, share with a friend and share with another heart that you know needs to hear this message. Thank you and good night. Thank you.